On today's show, Garrett Cole rebounded nicely from his abysmal start against the Twins, and we'll talk about what he did differently against the Rays. Plus, we'll discuss how the Yankees keep finding ways to win. We'll preview tonight's matchup between Nestor Cortez and Shane McClanahan, and we have some injury updates. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the show. Locked On Yankees is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I figured let me tell you a little bit about myself because I never do this when I start shows. And I'm sure some of you, if you're tuning in for the first time, are wondering, why does this person have a podcast? Well, let me tell you. I've been watching the Yankees since the late 70s. Grew up a big Yankee fan. Dad was born in the Bronx. Wrote about baseball on the internet at different places. Baseball prospectus, the hardball times. I had some work appear on ESPN. I contributed to a Derek Jeter commemorative magazine way back in 2014. And so I know baseball. And as much as I'm a fan of the Yankees, I know when to call them out when it's needed. Do I need to call them out now? No, because they're playing great, and we'll talk about that. But first, we'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also, feel free to comment if you feel so inclined, and... When you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. There's not much to complain about with the Yankees right now. They're, they're just, it's, it's fun. It's nice tuning into a game and feeling like they're going to win no matter who the opponent is at this point. It's cool to watch. Different facets of the team pick each other up. We're going to get into that in a bit. It was good to see Garrett Cole rebound from his horrible start against the Twins last week. And it's just relaxing watching them play, which wasn't a thing in 2021. It really wasn't. And you didn't go into every game thinking they were going to win no matter who they're playing, but you feel that way now. They're 45 and 16. They're the only team in the majors with fewer than 20 losses. Their run differential is plus 129. And now, if you remember a few weeks ago, They made a big deal how both New York teams and both L.A. teams, Angels and Dodgers, were all in first place. Well, the Dodgers fell out of first place last night. The Angels have been out of first place for a while because of that really bad losing streak they had. So now the Mets and the Yankees are left in first place. So what does that tell you? Tells you that New York rules everything. So let's get into this. We'll talk about Garrett Cole because this was important. Okay, Garrett Cole had the worst start of his career against the Minnesota Twins last week. There's no sugarcoating it. He gives up three home runs to start his outing in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Gives up five overall. Only pitches 
two and one-third innings. Just awful, abysmal, horrible. Every other adjective that you can think of to describe that outing is what happened with Garrett Cole. Then you're thinking to yourself, coming into the game against the Rays, hmm, Cole's ERA above a four against the Rays. The Rays usually give him issues. He had that start last season. It was one of those starts where he gave up like five or six runs, but he still struck out 11. That's one of my all-time favorite Garrett Cole lines. I'll have to look it up, but yeah. And he had a similar start like that earlier this season. So coming into this game, you didn't know what was going to happen. Were you going to get the angry Garrett Cole who was pissed off about his previous outing and coming out firing on all cylinders and shutting the Rays down? Were you going to get the Rays coming out and thinking to themselves, well, if the Twins can do it, we can do it. He wasn't overpowering, but he definitely pitched well enough to win, obviously, because he did not give up a run in his six innings of work. And the hits that they got off him were dinky. I think the the hardest hit ball was probably G-Man Choice, the one that Kiner Falefa saved from going into the outfield and allowing the Rays to score at least one run at that point. And we're going to get into that in segment two, because we're going to talk about the different ways the Yankees find to win and how it's so much different this season than in previous seasons. So Cole, let's get into this just a bit. Now I'm looking at a second computer screen. So if you're watching on YouTube, I have to turn around to look at it because this is my fancy setup in my dining room. This is the reason I'm telling you this is because he did something different last night than he did against the Twins. So he threw 92 pitches last night, 41 four-seamers, 27 sliders, 11 knuckle curves, 10 change-ups, three cutters. That's it. Why is this significant? Because in his start against the Twins, the Twins hit two home runs off his cutter, Buxton and Correa. Now, in the postgame, Jose Trevino was asked about that because anyone watching the game and keeping track of it noticed that Cole basically abandoned his cutter last night. Meredith Morakovitz asked him if this was like a purposeful thing. Did they mean to do this? And Trevino kind of walked around it and said, well, his other pitches look good, so we went with those. Now, I wonder if it was a conscious decision before the game, like don't throw your cutter. (laughs) Or, you know, if you feel like your cutter's not working, just don't even bother with it which is possible. So let's see, only three and no swings, no whiffs, no fouls, no balls in play on those three cutters. And as I said, two home runs, two of the five home runs that the the twins hit the other night against Cole were off his cutter. And as I said, no one was hitting the crap out of the ball. No one was hitting the crap out of the ball last night and on either side, really. Um, But it was nice to see Cole bounce back. We had a meeting yesterday, the Locked On hosts, and one of them was joking about Garrett Cole. And I said, I said, he'll be fine tonight. Did I believe it? Sort of. (laughs) I think I did. I think I did. This, This team just has a different feeling. It really does. Um... 
they're not just beating up on bad teams. You saw it against the Blue Jays in the beginning of the season. The Blue Jays weren't really firing on all cylinders when the Yankees met the Blue Jays, and the Yankees beat them six out of nine. But the Blue Jays dropped their game to the Orioles last night. And as I said on yesterday's show, the Blue Jays were 14-6 and six up to that point in their last 20 and didn't gain anything on the Yankees because the Yankees are a juggernaut right now. And it's fun to watch. So yeah, Cole looking much better. And oh, here's a number from the post game that I took a picture of to have it on my phone because I thought it was interesting. But Garrett Cole's last five starts at Yankee Stadium, he's 3-1 and one with a 1.59 ERA, 34 innings, three walks, 46 strikeouts, and the batting average against 194. So Cole is enjoying pitching at home recently. So if we knew those numbers going into last night, we wouldn't have had any doubt that Garrett Cole could shut down the Rays. And it wasn't just Garrett Cole. Wandy Peralta came in. Michael King came in. And then Clay Holmes shut the door again for his 10th save. And we'll talk more about that in segment two. But first... Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Not perfect? No problem. There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need the purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight. Every order is insured and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Again, Use code locked on so you can shop stress free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. You have the Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. First pick is June 16th, so search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. So as I discussed, it is fun watching this team. Seriously, like it's, I, I don't go into games or I don't go into games feeling stressed out, you know? And because I, I'll admit there were some games that I didn't really watch last season because I just thought to myself, there's no way they're winning this game. It's going to be annoying. You know, they're going to do their usual, um, the offense can't hit and the pitching can't pick them up. It's totally different this season. When the offense isn't doing much, the pitching and the defense pick them up. If the pitching and the defense aren't doing as well as we're, we've grown accustomed to this season, the offense will pick them up. And last night was that, really. The offense couldn't really do much of it against Corey Kluber or the rest of the Rays pitchers. They did end up getting the two runs off Corey Kluber. And the reason why 
is the Rays are not playing as crisply as we're used to seeing. They've given up 40 unearned runs so far this season, which is the second worst in the league. Not just the American League, the league overall. So this Rays team is different than the Rays teams of the past three years. And you have guys like Randy Rosarena, who you expect to do really well. He actually helped the Yankees score their second run. Although that really was because of Glaber Torres being heads up in that during that play. Um, you have guys like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I say it all the time. He's not going to hit the crap out of the ball, but every once in a while, he's going to be the reason why the Yankees score. And he was the reason why the Yankees scored last night. And Glaber noticed that Arozarena airmailed that ball home in the fourth inning, ran. I don't think there was a stop sign at third. I think he just heads up knew that he could make it home and score on that play. Because if the throw was good from Arozarena, Stanton probably would have been nailed at home. But Glaber just came right behind him. And there were a few plays on the Yankees side that helped them keep the 2-0 lead. And it's such a big difference this season watching the pitching and the defense because that was the big problem last year. The pitching and the defense couldn't pick up the offense if they weren't doing well. Totally different now. The offense barely did anything and the pitching picked them up. Actually, let's go through the numbers because I was looking at that earlier and I wanted to discuss. So the Yankees only had five hits. The Rays had seven. LeMahieu had a hit. Rizzo had a hit. Torres had a hit. Kiner Falefa had two. So Kiner Falefa was kind of your star of the game. You know, he's batting 272. And I know people don't like looking at batting average anymore, but you don't need a guy to crush the ball or a guy like him. It's fine if he just hits singles and doubles. I don't need him to hit 500 feet home runs. That's why we are 500 feet, 500 foot home runs. That's what we have Stanton and Judge for. And that's the other thing. When Judge isn't on his game and smacking the absolute snot out of the ball, you have guys like Kiner Falefa picking him up. You know, Rizzo falling into a little bit of a slump, Kiner Falefa hits the ball. I don't want to say this team has a 98 feel, but this team kind of has a 98 feel. Just because there's a different hero every night, there's a different aspect of the team helping to win the game. And they're just fun to watch. And I know fun goes hand in hand with winning. And then if they weren't winning, it wouldn't be fun to watch. But right now, they're fun. We have minimal complaints about this team right now. And I do see people on social media complaining about certain things. And I just think to myself, why? Just enjoy this. Don't get too cocky, though, because as I said, this stretch coming up is a big test for them. But I feel like if they continue to play the way they've been playing so far this season, working up to their 45 and 16 record and 129 run differential, well, plus 129, they could come out of this difficult stretch. Actually, I shouldn't say that because it is difficult. I'm not going to do the air quotes. If you're not watching on YouTube, I did air quotes. It is a difficult stretch. But like I said, the Rays in 2022 are not the Rays in 2021, 2020, or even 2019. 
They're not as crisp defensively. The guys that you expect to beat up on the Yankees aren't. You know, Cole did a good job of shutting down G-Man Choi the last two times he's faced him. Now, Choi did have that hit, and if Kiner Falefa, not a hit, um, well, yes, it was like an infield hit. Kiner Falefa knocked it down, saved the run. That was really probably one of the hardest hit balls all night off Cole. But as I said in the preview for last night's game in yesterday's show, G-Man Choi historically has done really well against Cole, and Cole has been able to shut him down the last two starts that he's had against the Rays. So that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. Also a good sign, Clay Holmes. Now things got a little iffy, just a little iffy. That last fly out that Judge had to chase down was slightly scary. And if Judge hadn't gotten to it, Clay Holmes's streak of scoreless innings would have been over. But it is not. It is up to 29, which is the longest scoreless streak by a Yankees pitcher since... Mariano Rivera in 1999. Clay Holmes picked up his 10th save of the season. His ERA is 0.30. He had two strikeouts, gave up the one hit in his inning of work. And Wandy Peralta, let's briefly discuss him. He came in for two-thirds of an inning last night. And his ERA is down to a 1-6-1. The Yankees' bullpen is unbelievable this year. The whole pitching staff has been unbelievable this year, really, when you look at it. And no one expected this. People were hoping, obviously, that everything would work out well with the Yankees and their pitching, but no one expected this. And you're a liar if you said you did, because you didn't. No one did. And let's see. Um, oh, the one other thing I wanted to say. Jay Gordon on Twitter. If you don't follow him, he's Jay Destro. He tweeted, the Yankees are 32-11 and against right-handed starting pitching. 13-5 and against left-handed starting pitching. The run differential, plus 129. And the next closest team in the majors, uh, the Dodgers, at plus 108. Now, for a while, the Dodgers had the largest run differential. They were up at one plus 173 at one point. And the Yankees were, I think the Yankees were the second closest at, they were under 100 at one point. And the Mets were right behind them. And then they've just exploded. Although, you know, to be fair, the 18-4 game against the Cubs kind of helped there. But Yankees are doing well. We have minimal things to complain about, everyone. So, you know, Stop complaining. <laughs> okay, so in the next segment, we're going to look at the matchup between Nestor Cortez and Shay McClanahan, two of the best pitchers in baseball right now. But first, our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health, more energy, a better immune system. I also don't enjoy taking pills and vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've been on it since the beginning of March. I love it because it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste, and I actually look forward to it every morning. So with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 
75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, focus, recovery, and aging, all the things I need. I take it in the morning when I first wake up, before I have my breakfast and coffee, and before I work out. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, folks, we're here. NBA Finals are here, the Stanley Cup Finals are here, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. I believe the Yankees' odds of winning the division and the World Series have gone up since we last checked, but head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So tonight's matchup is between Shane McClanahan and Nestor Cortez Jr. Now, both of these guys are doing unbelievably well, but as Jack Curry said on the postgame last night on Yes!, People expected Shane McClanahan to do this. He was a high pick in the draft. You know, he was highly touted. No one was expecting this from Nestor Cortez Jr., who was a journeyman and, you know, kind of like on the scrap heap. So this is an interesting matchup because of how different they are as well. You know, Shane McClanahan throws the ball really hard. Nestor Cortez Jr. does not. You'll be seeing lots of balls hanging around the 100-mile-per-hour mark when McClanahan is facing the Yankees batters. You will not see that from Nestor Cortez. You may see a 93 and a 94, but you're not going to see anything even close to what Shane McClanahan is doing, and that's perfectly fine. It is, it's working out for Nestor Cortez. So McClanahan is 7-2 and two with a 1.87 ERA and 98 strikeouts on the year. Nestor Cortez, 5-2 and two with a 1.96 ERA, 71 strikeouts on the year. The Tampa Bay batters against Cortez, and I mentioned this in the preview yesterday. I will mention it again. Yandy Diaz has the most at-bats against Cortez. Now, he's only batting 167 in 12 at-bats, but he does have a home run and three runs batted him. The rest of the guys do not have any home runs against him. And then the Yankees batters against McClanahan. Mm, oh, well, okay, Glaber Torres. That's right. I mentioned this yesterday. Ten at-bats against McClanahan. He's batting 600 with a home run and a run batted in. And Giancarlo Stanton has only faced him five times, but he's batting 400 with at least a run batted in. And DJ LeMayhew. I don't think I mentioned him yesterday. Nine at-bats against McClanahan, batting 333 with a run batted in. But the rest of the guys, not so well against McClanahan, which is not a shocking thing because he, again, is amazing and doing really well. 
His 1.87 ERA is in 12 starts, 72 and one-third innings. Again, 98 strikeouts in those 72 and one-third innings of work. So, yeah, that's a good ratio. In his last three starts, he's gotten three wins. He went eight innings against the Cardinals on June 9th. Only gave up two hits, no runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. Against Chicago on June 3rd, six innings, two runs on six hits, eight strikeouts, still picked up the win. And on May 29th, the last time he faced the Yankees, he got the win, pitched six innings, gave up one run on seven hits, didn't walk anyone, and struck out seven. As for Cortez, we know that his last start was iffy. It was the first iffy start that he's had all season. (laughs) And as I said, you kind of expected it. You didn't really expect him to do so well all year. And it wasn't such a bad start that it was a complete disaster. You know, could have been Cole's start. But it's funny that Cole, even though he came out after two and one third, the bullpen held it down and the Yankees were able to come back and win that game. But the game that Cortez pitched on the eighth, the Yankees offense could not do anything against the Twins and they ended up losing 8-1. So that was one rare occasion where the the offense did not pick up their starting pitcher. So on the eighth against Minnesota, four and one third innings, gave up four runs on seven hits, didn't walk anyone, struck out three. Against the Angels on the second, he picked up the win. He tossed seven innings, didn't give up a run, only gave up five hits, walked two, struck out seven. And on May 26th against Tampa, he picked up the win. And he did that because he threw eight innings of one run ball, four hits, five strikeouts. It's just unbelievable watching Nestor Cortez Jr. work, really. It's it's a pleasure. And, you know... Cole rebounded from his iffy start, so hopefully Nestor Cortez Jr. will do the same. It helps that the Yankees are at home. They're feasting at home. Let me just double-check the numbers on that, but they are. They seem to be feasting at home. So the Yankees' record at home, 27-7. and They're 18-9 and away from Yankee Stadium, and they're 16-7 and against teams that are better than 500. That is is a key. Good teams beat up on the bad teams and they beat the good teams. Obviously, you have to beat everyone if you're a good team. And that was the problem in 2021. They weren't beating up on the bad teams, Baltimore. So yes, this team is built different. Yes, I was bitching and moaning at the beginning of the season because of moves that they didn't make. And it doesn't seem to be hurting them right now. And Just enjoy this, really. Enjoy it while it's happening right now. And, you know, things can happen. It's the first game against the Rays. They could drop the next two. You never know. Or they could win the next two and sweep and surprise the hell out of everyone, which would be really nice. But, as I said, they're 27-7 and at home. So they're feasting at home. And I don't know if anyone else felt the same way watching last night's game. I don't know if it was because of Corey Kluber and the way he throws the ball, but some of the balls, I don't know. Did they feel like they were dying? Did it feel like they didn't have the juiced balls? Like they, like it seemed like they had against the Cubs this weekend? Was MLB screwing with the balls again? Or was that a Corey Kluber thing? It may have been a a Corey Kluber thing. I don't want to do this whole, 
um, conspiracy theory thing, but I don't know. I feel like MLB keeps screwing with the balls and changing them. And some games teams have them and other teams or other games teams don't have them. And it felt like they didn't have them last night. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll have a recap of tonight. We'll have a preview of tomorrow night's matchup and any other news that happens. Oh, yes, I did promise an injury update. Aroldis Chapman was working out at the stadium, and I joked when I saw him that I don't want Aroldis Chapman near a ninth inning unless the Yankees are up by 19 runs. And with the way Clay Holmes and Michael King and Wandy Peralta Basically, the way the whole bullpen has been pitching without Aroldis Chapman there, I think Boone would be smart to not put him back in his closer role. Work him in slowly. Or, if you're going to put him into a ninth inning, have it be a ninth inning like Sunday, where they're up by 14 runs. Hopefully, that message will get to Boone telepathically. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment. Hit the bell notification if you want to see when our videos go up. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.